Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 407 of Live Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Live Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the orange Sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our <laughs> staff liaison officer, Commander you got there eventually. I got there eventually. <laughs> It's, it's, it's running around with the show notes. Um, we also have, uh, joining us this week, we have uh, uh, our guest trader, that would be Commander Bat, uh, Mac Winston. Oh, no, you got Bat my name right. Winston. Hello. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said Bat Winston. So that's yeah, that's sorry. Right. You, you got it right in the end, though. So. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, we have our apprentice stunt driver, Commander Alec Turner. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, right. Uh, if you wish, you can join us live. Uh, we're not hanging out in game at the moment because obviously that's Ben's job and Ben is, is still away having to deal with uh, family business at the moment. Uh, but you can join us in uh, the Twitch chat channel which you can access through leaveradio.com slash live. Uh, you can click on the live chat, or you can go straight to Twitch TV slash radio or YouTube, look up Lave Radio, or Facebook, look up Lave Radio at Facebook, or even Twitter, because apparently we, we appear on Twitter. Um, so, uh, we will we'll touch a little uh, bit of news. Uh, obviously... Um, you might have noticed that we don't have a Commander Shan. Um, Commander Shan won't be joining us from, from now on. Um, and we will just take this opportunity to thank him for his, his contributions or for, for the last four years. Uh, but um, we are going to have to move on and we'll have to talk. With it. Well, this is one of the reasons why we have our apprentice stunt driver, because hopefully if he passes his apprenticeship, we might have a new crew member of Alec Turner. 
You're you're on a you're on I'm your on, valuation, my friend. Yeah, I'm on probation. Probation. Best best behaviour. <laughs> Absolutely no knob go, knob gags. Yeah. So um, no no that that's live radio you're supposed to be okay with them i don't know why i heard absolutely no knob goats but i'm here for it you're fitting in perfectly right you are knob goats yeah. it is. i just found out that if you call someone a goat that's actually a real compliment god of all things oh no greatest of all time oh why not both well, probably if you're the greatest of all time you probably are the god of all things but yes so anyway um oh Let's have a quick glance around the crew, see what you've been up to for the last, uh, well, I don't know how long it's been. So, uh, Psychic, you want to go first? Crikey, what have I been up to? Um, not much, honestly. Um, it's got, it was really, really hot. It was really, really hot. And then it got really, really wet and thundery. And um, I've been, I've been just like getting things ready. We're going, we're going away for a little bit next week and just been getting things ready um, for, for that. Predominantly, we're, we're spending a little bit of time, time away, time away from the hubble and bubble of everything that's going on in the galaxy and just getting ready for some, um, for some fun bits. And having a bit of time away, and I'm um, touching grass and all of those good things. Um, but aside from that, I've just been like playing a lot of Elite Dangerous, as is want to do, playing a lot of Formula One Manager, and watching a lot of Formula One. I'm hmm. I'm pretty two dimensional at the moment. I'm not going to lie. So it's either a fly a spaceship fast, or f- or watching someone drive a car fast. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. pretty yeah. much, and just like going, what the fuck is Ferrari doing? But that's a different story. Oh, my son is a massive Ferrari fan. He, we were when we were in Monaco a couple of a couple of weeks ago. Went to the Formula One shop there. We paid a huge amount of money for a replica Ferrari shirt, and he's wearing it in every single Grand Prix. And he just looks at me and goes, "What the Ferrari are they up to?" And <laughs> yes, great. Yeah, it, it's it, it it's it's. It's heartbreaking for him because he gets really excited, and pole position always always needs to be hundreds of of a millisecond, and then oh, something good. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on from painful subjects like that, uh, <laughs> Alec. Hello, hello. It's jolly nice to be here. I, I just have to find myself a permanent seat here somewhere. Hmm. I mean, so, I, yeah. stu- I stood at the back for like six months. So. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's been a quiet week for me, actually. Uh, what have I done? We went to, um, we did we did um, go to Ikea and complete possibly the fastest lap of Ikea in history and came out only spending £10.50, which I think might be a world record. What was that on meatballs? No, we bought um, <laughs> eight, the, they're sort of bookends. We went specifically to buy the eight bookends. We bought the eight bookends. That is absolutely all we bought, and we left. How come okay. every time someone mentions bookends, I keep on thinking of Professor Yaffle? <laughs> Other than that, I've been buckyball racing, because it's been buckyball week. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> boo-hoo. Yes. Oh, you missed it. I uh, know. You wouldn't uh, have liked this one. There was there was lots of long distance travel involved and a very long trek back to the start line. Uh, it, it's not the uh, it's not the. Uh, I, I don't mind the long trek ones. It's it's just sort of 
if I've, if it takes me longer than an hour, then I think, oh, no, I can't do that one. I don't think it would have taken you longer than an hour. No, I, d- it I hope. Not, not the way I'm flying at the moment. I don't know. He is Lave Radio's Captain Slow. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you just take that back. We all know it's Ben. <laughs> Ben is the equivalent of of the of uh, Hammond and uh, May all rolled up into one, slow and crashing a lot. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> that, that's that's poor Colin, poor show. <laughs> no, that's exactly what they were doing, Top Gear. <laughs> Good point. Absolutely, every man yeah. left behind. <laughs> Every man for themselves. Um, oh, right. Commander Mac Winston, how are you? I'm absolutely fabulous. Anyway, it's been a... We went sailing, so um, that's what we've been up to. Because um, mm-hmm. there wasn't a show last week, was there? So, yeah, we, we went sailing to Northern Ireland. And it was absolutely... It was fantastic. It was our first trip. Uh, so it was like seven hours there, seven hours back. Uh, Stayed on the boat. Uh, stayed on the boat when we got home, even though we we sort of moored up within walking distance of the house. But we we actually got to sail in formation with dolphins. We were about I don't oh, know. Oh, nice! Three miles off the coast of Northern Ireland, and we were joined by a bunch of dolphins, probably at least half a dozen of them, and they were like, right, I mean, literally, we, you, you could lean over the side and touch them pretty much. They were that close. And they were just swimming along with us for about, I don't know, five or ten minutes. It was, it was really, it was, it was quite incredible, really. But yeah, um, yeah, so there was uh, not much wind going over, so we, we had to burn the princely amount of about three litres of fuel to motor sail there but um we were wind powered coming back and then on the bank holiday monday we had really it was absolutely perfect conditions we got we almost hit 10 knots which is uh considering our hull speed is only our theoretical hull speed is only seven knots seven and a bit knots oh we had a we had a following tide as well which helped but yeah it was um it was a really good bank holiday weekend, so yeah, and it, it didn't cost us a lot of money because you know three liters of fuel, a bit of wind, twenty. I think it was twenty quid in marina fees in Northern Ireland, and that was it. So it was uh, that not only lovely, not not only a really good long weekend. It didn't cost us an arm and a leg to do. So, yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. So we'll have to do it again when the weather's suitable. <laughs> Next year, then. Yes, <laughs> probably. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, the altitude can be a bit lumpy, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah I, I must admit, the weather over here has been sort of hot and sticky for the last yeah three months, and then all of a sudden, it seems that heavens it, it all ends. It all ends up with a tremendous thunderstorm. Yeah, that's that's what it usually does. But we. Yeah. Yeah. The, the weather did turn here today too, but yeah, other than that, in game, just pre- I'm actually just starting to prepare for uh, the expedition, the passage to Andromeda, which is one of Yannick's expeditions, which starts in uh, Wednesday. EDSM says it starts in twelve days, zero hours, and eighteen minutes. But I think there's a meeting on Sunday, so. Uh, I, I'm preparing my ship. I'm taking three ships. So, because yeah. we're, we're taking a fleet carrier, which is nice because you can take some extra ships. So, I'm taking a mining ship. 
uh, my regular uh, uh, fire ship, so I'm going to put an Imperial Courier out there. And I think, because I've never explored in an ASP, all these years I've been exploring, I've never done it in an ASP Explorer. Wow, so think you I must might... be the only one who has. I've, yeah. I've, all, I've taken all sorts of weird things. I've taken the cutter. I did the Minerva Centaurus expedition, which was my first really big one. That, I did that in the cutter. I did Distant World 2 in the cutter. I did the Jaunt to Jacks, which was like my first ever expedition. That was like when Colonial was like really, really new, and there was just Jack Station there. I did that in a Python with a 21 light year jump range. Which it it took a lot of jumps, but yeah. I, I read that that was really good because there was a community goal that started just when I was arriving in Colonia to bring exploration data, and so I absolutely cleaned up on that community. I was in the top ten percent, absolutely no trouble because it took me so many damn jumps to get there. Um, right, okay, um, it, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, I've done it in the dolphin as well. Exploring a dolphin's a great exploration ship. Excellent. Yeah, the, the the dolphin is a good is a good jumper, but uh, yeah, I just can't believe you did. I haven't done it an ass before. Um, right. I think we'll quickly move on to the development news uh, of what the devs has said this week. Um, I mean, I've just done absolutely nothing this week because I've been up north and back down again, so I've not had a chance. I've, I've just been catching up with the forums and things like that. So, forums, uh, just a silly place, Colin. <laughs> do you, we don't, we don't go to the forums. We don't talk about the forums. It's a silly place. Yeah. Anyway, we have we've got a couple of weeks of news to catch up with. Um, now, the first one was a surprise interview that appeared in Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, which is a, we'll put a link up there. Um, there was quite a lot of interesting little points that was that was taken part in the in the interview. Um, I think a lot of people latched onto this one phrase, which was used: "We're not trying to be done with Odyssey," which uh, was was said. I'm, I'm just trying to find out who the person was who they interviewed because it's being a pain again. Betterton. Luke Betterton. Luke Betterton. There we go. Um, yeah. And uh, it was an interview done by uh, Rick Lane. Uh, and yeah, it it did seem, um, I think it was people, they were trying to reassure people that, you know, um, they're not done with Odyssey at all. Um because there's, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not, you know, the game is just going to be wound up at the end of this this stuff. And, um, yeah. It was it was in response to what I thought was a slightly odd question about whether they were trying to phase out parts of the expansion that players don't like, which mm. seemed a sort of odd <laughs> line of questioning because I've never heard anyone say that before. Yeah, and they they're clearly not going to phase anything out that they've put into the game, apart from maybe the weird bio scanner. Well, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, well, well, that they, was just bad. Yes. yes, and they that 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 was the only thing that was good that came out of the alpha was that 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 was bad. Although I quite miss it now, but let's not go down that path of. I will fight you. <laughs> I will fight you, Alex Turner. <laughs> I, I can't believe Alec just said that. <laughs> just what? <laughs> it's better, better than nothing, is my opinion. It, it wasn't accessible. Oh, but I, that's yeah, it, that, that's a there. different thing. It, it no, wasn't. You, you it wasn't accessible. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, anyway, they were they were saying that the uh, new 
code bo- code base and now allows them uh, to integrate and create things uh, better. Um, they're trying to make sure that all the players uh, can take part in the narrative. Um, this is obviously to do with uh, the fact that uh, 4.0 will be coming sometime in September. Um, we'll touch on that later. Uh, later. Uh, and it says, we're going to reward players who invest their time to explore and find things to re-engage again with the, same, with the sort of content that we have. Uh, there's going to be new things to play with, new toys, and we're very much looking forward to seeing what, what happens. Um, I mean, overall, I'm a, when I when I did read the interview, I I did get the gist that you know they're not done with Odyssey. They're not going it, to. It's not going to go into maintenance mode anytime soon. I, I, don't, I don't. It just it didn't seem clarified clarified enough what what were you hoping what were you hoping from it colin what what you're going into that that interview what what were you hoping for well oh you see the thing is they can't tell us anything more than what they have um i think some kind of reassurance that after this so-called last thing re work which is coming at the beginning of next year that is they're they're still going to continue with development after that? I I don't I personally don't feel like that's in any doubt. I mm. would I would add that this um this article being published on the twenty third of August yes. we and we're obviously we're going to touch on this later, um, providing that we have time because we've got so much to cover the show. But um, we've already seen stuff just appearing in game and we've seen the kind of things that they've been talking about in the graffiti and the big and the, and and that which will not be named in the um back along uh making its way slowly to to us you know yeah. these are um these are things that there's not been like a huge update for or any or a, a big a big extra update for these are just things that they've been able to activate in game without having time off yeah alec all I'd say is that they're putting a lot of pieces in place. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to get everyone onto this 4.0 client. It, it feels like things are just about to start, and that would be a very odd thing to do if this was, for example, the last year of the game. So it, it certainly doesn't feel like the sort of tail end of Elite to me. It feels like the beginning, if anything, of, of, of a new, dare I say, era. Psychic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, we have we have this um, this moment. This moment we're looking at this this moment in time for Elite Dangerous at the moment, which is uh, I said moment far too many times then. But um, this I'm not going to say again. But we've got consoles coming over. Just a minute. I know, right? (laughs) We've got consoles. I repeat myself far too often. We've got consoles coming over. We've got um, this 4.0 integration so that everyone can see. Um, what Frontier want us to see should they choose to and um, with regard to moving um, Horizons um, Horizons over so um, we we stand on the precipice of this um, focusing everybody into one area which is what we've been waiting for for ages I can't see them sunsetting the game anytime soon no. yeah um, well moving on from, from there um, we had Frame Shift Live 15, which was uh, a day early due to the F1 manager. We had Sally and Bruce um, are going over the events of what happened in HIP 22460. 
and there was a, a lovely little argument of how would, how would you want to say it? It's hip, not H. Hip, it, it's short for Hipparchus. It's not a, it's, it's not a acronym or a three-letter abbreviation as such. It's not H, something starting with H, something starting with I, and something starting with P. It's short for a word, Hipparchus. So I think it should be hip, and you can fight me if you think I'm wrong. No, no, I'm, I'm fine about it. I mean, there was an argument about how they actually should pronounce the, the system name. It seems to be a toss. <laughs> <laughs> there was an argument with 22460 or 22460. Um, 22460, uh, I think. Bloody hell, no! <laughs> Absolutely the hell not! Well, uh, I hate to say this from now on. I, for me, it's always going to be hip 22460. Yes, um, you're okay. right. Uh, so, I agree with you. So um, that's that's going to be the, the official uh, play video stance, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to start punching I, people if they if they say it wrong. Or if people, we, are we threatening violence now, Colin? <laughs> um, it might be it might be a fruit punch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, obviously the the discovery scanner uh, has happened this week as well, and they also gave full details about what is coming in September. Now there are two major things coming. Uh, first is obviously um, the console transfers. Now the good news about the console transfers is that uh, this week they are um, trialing it with certain commanders to make sure. Uh, that the process works okay. I mean, so far from from what I've seen on Reddit and on the forums, they've had a very high success rate, and um, people are happy that their their console commander is going over without much of much of a problem. And uh, that leads to the uh, the twelfth, where they're going to open it up for everybody. Uh, and yeah, it should be uh, the ability to transfer things over to. Uh, to the PC. Um, okay, guys, I'm going to open the the floor for this one. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm happy to see this happen. Uh, good reaction. The fact anyone? that it's been the fact that it's been so smooth, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I, I don't really. I mean, because I don't have a console account, I, I confess I didn't. Obviously, it's great, but I. You know, it's not something I can test or get very excited about myself, but I, but I gather people. Somebody, I think in a maybe Twitch chat I saw, said it took something like half an hour. If I read that right, they were... Yeah, Kremen said it just a second ago. That the process, so the process takes half an hour somehow or other. Does anyone know exactly how it works? Do you sort of, I don't know. Do you, you, you basically... At your end? Do you have to uh, run a no, thing? No, you, you've got to do uh, basically a... Um, uh, uh, you, you go onto a web page. You ask. You're basically told what account that you want to use it for, and then ask what account or what email address you want the new account to be set up under. Uh, and effectively, it will then take your old Xbox or PlayStation account and all the details under that, and set up a new Frontier account for you to then uh, put wherever you want. So you can have it as a Frontier account, or transfer it to Steam, or transfer it to uh, to Epic if you wanted to. Cool. Um, it is it's a pretty painless uh, process. 
the only problem that I've got is that do I really want four <laughs> four accounts mm-hmm. on my PC because I've already got three. Ironically, one of the accounts does exactly the same as the what was happening on the Xbox anyway. But yeah, yeah, well, I've got six. I've four got is six better than three. You've got six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's let's gloss over the fact that I've got six accounts. It's a, um, it's just it, it's a compulsion thing on my part. I'm very sorry about it in advance. I've got six accounts and I use maybe two, three at a push. I know I know where three are in the galaxy. That's about the best I can give you. See, I'm not the only one. Terracov's got eight. I thought eight. I thought I was bad with the three. I, I, yeah, I thought I was. I was a uh, one of them uh, was a free Epic account. Yeah, same the other one was I bought it in a sale off the Frontier store because I needed an alt. So, so I, but I've only used my mate. I've I've hardly used my alt for probably since Odyssey came out. I don't think I've used that my alt. Okay, Alec, go on. <laughs> no, I was just going to say I've only got one actually. Well, theoretically, I guess <laughs> I I bagged the epic one, but I've literally never logged in or used it. Yeah. But, um, this week, actually, watching Brusky multi-box refuel himself in the race, I was thinking, damn, I wish I had another account because that looks really cool. Somebody refueled themselves. Yeah, Brusky uh, multi-boxed and of course himself. he did. Of course he did. Of course he did. That's isn't that. Shouldn't that be not allowed? Nah, you could you, you could use another you could use someone to fuel you. I I used husband yeah, but surely, power. You know, but it, 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 it has to it be somebody else. It didn't look easy. I mean, there was some there's some multitasking going on there that I don't think I could keep up with. I mean, not only did he just he didn't just park a refueling ship and arrive at it, he then had to jump his refueling ship to another place ahead of his main ship. So oh, that that's it was there. Insane. So so he was alt tabbing quite a lot. <laughs> it was mental. Oh god, that sounds mental. Yeah. Oh no, I couldn't handle that at all. No. Quite impressive. Um, uh, anyway, so I've got a, a debate. Do I want to transfer my X, Xbox account over? And the, I think the problem I've got is I've got to find create a new email account in order to do it. Um, <laughs> but still. Uh, so, yes, the console process is being trialled at the moment. Uh, the next Frameshift Live, again, will be on a Wednesday, 7th of September at 4. Um, I, I right? don't know. I don't know. They haven't explained why they've decided to move it to, to Wednesday. Um, it could be they've got another F1 stream happening on the Thursday. They don't. Don't they? Okay. So, what- Sally. Oh, sorry. Go on. I, I think it's just because the, the people that they've got on can only do Wednesday. That would be my guess. Ah yes, because they're, they're supposed to have a, a yet another developer, but it's not. It's not Dev. It's not Darren. It's not Dav. It's not Tom. I believe it's sound it's people. It's audio engineers, which should be great. Oh, sound people! They're, they're because good. we all, we all hate the audio in this game. Nobody nobody <laughs> talks how how good it is at any point whatsoever. So yeah, um, it'll rubbish. be a good way for them to really take in all of the backlash that we've got. <laughs> I'm afraid to say, um, Commander Ventura, that one's already taken. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, right. So obviously they haven't announced the actual date for 4.0 coming across to Horizons yet. Um, do you think they'll wait until um, the console process is, is well underway before announcing that? 
maybe i i'm not sure that it's going to be the console process that's going to be like in the critical path of that but um it's probably it's probably independent of that and they've probably got to do a bit of testing to make sure that there's no gotchas it'll be before the update in november i would have thought mm-hmm. so yes, it, it, we've got we've got probably after the 12th we've got what if, if we're lucky of like probably about a month period for it to sort of fall in well, actually, in the um, in the discovery scanner this week, they've actually said that in in September you I've will get both. Then. Yeah, we've got the uh, the console transfer process and also the upgrade to four point zero. So that will be coming at some point in September. So it's going to be a big upgrade month, I think. Running around like headless chickens, those people in frontier. <laughs> Poor Gap, I feel so sorry for him. Okay, let's move on to the in-game events. What has been happening in the last couple of weeks? Well, let's see. Uh, On the 25th of August, it was confirmed Salvation is dead. Uh, Apparently, um, uh, uh, they sent out a a patrol uh, who managed to avoid the Thargoids long enough to, to turn up in... Uh, HIP 22460, uh, scan the destroyed megaship and found that uh, Salvation and um, most of the, well, all of the crew uh, are dead. So whether or not you want to believe that is up to you, but um, I think that answers my question and uh, that's the end of Salvation for me. Uh, the Alliance asked for a material boost so that they can build anti-Xeno megaships. Well, they managed that, and they managed to get two of them. So uh, it was funny that the Alliance put everything out at, uh, on the line for um, for the anti-Xeno effort, yet um, the Sirius Corporation didn't risk any of their hardware whatsoever. Uh, that's... That's a bit ominous for the future of the Alliance. Um, there has been a retrial requested uh, for Admiral Tanner, who was the head of Aegis, um, or Aegis, Aegis, one of the two. Um, yeah, the uh, the Admiralty Board is saying, in light of what's happened since, maybe we should ha- have a look at the evidence again. So, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see how that goes. Uh, on the 27th, uh, there was uh, a comment about the fears rise of a possible Thargoid uh, expansion. <laughs> possible Thargoid expansion, anybody? Hmm. No. Um, a new chapter uh, has started for Azimuth after the loss of uh, Salvation. Uh, they are claiming that they're going to uh, start a few... Um, <clears throat> uh, try and rebuild their organisation. I... I don't think the player base is going to let them, to be honest, but it turns out that they had a community goal and the community goal was completed before Sunday. So I didn't even have a chance to get back. I got back from Scotland thought, right, now I can join in the community goal. Oh, it's done. So, yeah. The Empire has decided that it's going to stand alone against the Thargoids. It doesn't want to share any information. It doesn't want to um, fight alongside the Federation. They're going to stand alone against the Empire, which is, yeah, Silly. interesting. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, 
We've also got the, oh, the green gas giant, which was missing for seven years, has now been rediscovered. That was mentioned in, in, in Galnet. That was it fantastic. Was good article, actually. Right. Now, the next ones we will we will probably cover in the main topic. So uh, there's been an unexpected, uh, double quotes, flare detected in deep space. Mm. Yes. I think we'll talk about that one later. Experts have speculated on Thargoid behaviour. And the Xeno peace discussions have started to gain momentum, um, which was an interesting one to read. Um, Psychit, it's what been, it's been a fantastic couple of weeks. Off you go. You know what? You know what? Um, there's been some fantastic stuff come out this week, even uh, though the last couple of weeks. I really like the opinion pieces. There's been a couple of cracking opinion pieces um, and a couple of um, opinion pieces going, oh, maybe we can now be friends with the Thargoids, seeing as we've gone done messed it up so badly. Um, and, and like a couple of little bits like that, which have been really, really, really cool. And yet again, still more commander names being mentioned as well. Yes. Which is uh, so cracking. I think it's good that uh, it's really good that they have returned to putting player driven content in Galnet. They used to do that a long time ago and it's it's great that they've started up again. Yeah. 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 Um I mean one of the other things that uh, has been happening of course is um it seems that we've been invaded by Banksy. This is yes. so good. So good, man. I know that um, oh, there is graffiti appearing. It's, it's just in the Pleiades, isn't it? No, no. Oh, it's not no. just the Pleiades. It's not anymore. It's not. It's just. It's. Um, I haven't. That was something I was going to check at the end of today. Um, but there's a couple of other places actually in the bubble that have got some bits as well now. Oh, excellent! Because yeah, these these little pieces of graffiti just turned up. There didn't seem to be any uh, any kind of. Uh, prerequisites for it turning up you know it wasn't in a certain system or a certain industry type they just turned up everywhere it is really <laughs> it got ones that say salvation lives and and uh <laughs> and dead bugs and all that look kind of stuff so uh, there has been speculation that this is going to be uh heading towards some kind of i don't know conflict between those that uh think salvation still lives and those that just want to go and kill thargoids but uh yeah that's just uh speculation at the moment but uh yeah i mean props to them because never expect them to do something like that it was so nice no it's awesome when the when the buckyball race was over that was the first thing i did actually is jump back into odyssey and go and visit some graffiti it's really good it's really fun trying to find it because it's it's quite hidden some of it as well yeah I mean, we should point out that at the moment, the only place you can see this stuff is in Odyssey. And yeah. uh, it will be until, unfortunately, Horizon players, you're going to have to wait till 4.0 to start seeing all this stuff coming through. But it's all in concourses, so they won't see it. Oh, the, yeah, that's a point. That's true. <laughs> Good point. Duh. I don't, don't want to like, piss on your bonfire at all, Colin. <laughs> they could start putting it into, into the hangars. Here's if the they thing. stop putting Here's the hangers, that'd be amazing. Here's the thing that I wonder. If you haven't bought Odyssey and you fly to the outside window, can you see in? 
You won't I be guess. able to see people walking around because that's the that's the oh. prerequisite to Odyssey, isn't it? You mm. wouldn't see. I wonder that if you could zoom in your camera and still see a little bit of graffiti through the window. And, and then sort of press your face up against the window longingly and go, oh, I wish I had Odyssey. <laughs> for testing, to test for science. Yeah, the problem is you wouldn't be able to see anybody because basically they're not even in the same instance. Right. No, but you'd be, you might be able to see you the graffiti. Might be able to see, yeah, you might be able to see, see NPCs. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you could, I suppose you could try the trick with the external camera. Can you? The, does the external camera go through the, the ship into, into the... Uh, it's not supposed to, is it? I don't think it's supposed to go through the glass. No, it, well, it, it I'm not sure go, we'll get, get people trying. Yeah. You get signal lost if you try and go through the glass. Ah, right. Nice to <laughs> nice to see that happening. You might you uh, might see that like the there's an azimuth logo in somewhere um, on one of the um, on one of the pads the the mission pad things that you go to in somewhere in the Pleiades. That one you might be able to see. Yeah. Yeah. True. So, uh, yeah, there's nice, nice little storytelling uh, additions there. And, uh, yeah, I must admit, when all this kind of stuff came out, I was there going, oh, really need to get people onto 4.0. Because, yeah. Uh, Alec? One tiny question. I'm, I'm, I may, I'm at risk of showing myself up here. Mm. One of the bits of graffiti says, give Pence a chance, and I don't understand it. Pence, a chance. P E N C E. Does anyone get that? Uh, someone doesn't know how to spell peace correctly. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it's about a politician called Pence. Is there any characters in the in Galnet in the backstory that? It's very difficult. Maybe I'll it, some joke. I don't know. It's super difficult to Google Pence and not see anything other than Mike Pence. Which is a bit of a problem. I mean, yeah, that in in and of itself. But um, let me let me let me come back to you. <laughs> I think it's just someone can't spell peace right. Yes, that's probably the more rational explanation. Maybe I've, I've, maybe I've fallen for a practical joke. Actually, what I'm looking at is the um, is the graffiti watch um, forum page, which is a really good resource. Actually, it's listing all the places where it's been found. And now I look at the example, this example, it looks suspiciously hand done. Uh, it looks to me, oh, so, I mean, it looks to me like give peace a chance. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Oh no. Okay. No, I have fallen for something. What cyclists posted is not what I'm seeing. Okay. I've fallen. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, c can we edit that out before I look like the idiot, please? Absolutely um, the hell not. No, yes. we're not. We don't do that here. We yeah. we don't do that. I mean, for goodness. <laughs> you have to have a you have to have an initiation right into if you're going to be a permanent uh, live radio person. So you have to be you have to be ritually humiliated. Yes, for me, it's it's bad pronunciation and spelling. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, right. So I think it's time that we uh, uh, had a look at the store. So it's that time of the week again. Store alert.
and welcome back. Um, <laughs> the store alert for the well is actually quite a lot happening with the store this week. Uh, for first of first of you, first of all, we have uh, the new Dolphin Expressway paint jobs. Uh, says Mac, you were flying about in in dolphins. Yeah. Um, these are basically nice color, uh, various colors with uh, nice designs on the wing and the very top, including orange, green, uh, yeah, different colors. I mean, I must admit, it does look better than your average dolphin. Would you, would anybody else be thinking about buying that? I like them. I like the the white one with the red and orange. That's got real passenger liner vibes to it. It's terrific. Yeah, it is. I must admit, I do prefer the ones that are white with the stripes rather than yeah, yeah. Yeah, orange or yellow or red. For some reason, I, whenever I think passenger liner, I think passenger liner has to be white. I don't know why. I think they um, they look like buses. Yeah, I, I think the dolphin generally has a very bussy appearance, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Yeah, but it's um, a posh I, buzz. Uh, yeah, I named. I, I mean, I named. What did I name mine? I think I named mine something like Leyland Leopard, which is mm-hmm. a type of bus because it looked like a bus. I actually, it kind of reminds me. Did did I don't know if any of you seen a film? I think it was from the mid eighties. It was like a spoof film called The Big Bus, featuring a nuclear powered bus. And I think the dolphin looks like the Cyclops, which was the bus in this film. Yes, I remember that film because it was a very poor rip-off of Airplane. Yes, it, it, it was. it's one of those movies that's so bad it's actually good. I, I really enjoyed the haircut. We watched, we watched it a couple of years ago, actually, and I, I really, I really, I just, it was just bizarrely enjoyable, that, that, that film. But yeah, um, it, the, it does remind me of the Cyclops, the, the dolphin. The nuclear-powered bus yeah. that was sabotaged because the Arabs didn't want <laughs> want to lose the oil market. Yeah. And the funniest joke was, okay, we're going to have to put her up to 90 miles an hour just to see if we can break the wind barrier. Yes. Just so that you can break wind at 90 miles an hour. Yeah, that's that's the level of humour, guys, if, if you're but interested. Just as well. I'll, I'll, I'll pass if that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, airplane's much better, but if if you want something dumb, <laughs> well, well, airplane itself was a takeoff of an earlier film called Zero Hour, which was the thing is you've got to watch Zero Hour. If you watch Airplane, you've got to watch Zero Hour. It's a nineteen fifties. It's a serious uh, uh, flying disaster movie, and the guy in it is even called Ted Stryker, and it's got all the tropes you see in Airplane but done yeah, that, seriously and it's absolutely hilarious watching it if you've watched airplane watching zero hour it's just it, it's, yeah because you half expect to see <laughs> leslie nielsen turn up in that yeah. one yes. <laughs> yeah um in other uh store news you can also get the overdrive paint job for your asp explorer and yeah this looks like something that's that's jumped out of miami vice <laughs> No, I don't. We don't see the picture just yet. It's horrible. I love <laughs> I really them don't so like, much. Do you? <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I tell you who um, um, Commander Vex on Twitter has done one of the most beautiful images that I've seen um, oh, yes. of of this. I think with the with a with an Earth like behind it, and the Earth like's got a um, a 
is kind of like the silhouette of a um, of an earth like and it looks like it's just a dome over it it looks like an 80s music um video cover and it's fun a music a c not a cd what are the things that you guys had back along album covers like one of those um it looks like Your vinyl <laughs> You know that asp being is an only. I'm definitely that's going on. That's going on my exploration. It's asp beautiful. Yeah, do, uh, do this this expedition coming up. It's it's going on my asp. <laughs> it, it it wasn't an asp. I think it's a cobra. Same paint what? job, and it's yeah. absolutely stunning. Oh, yeah. I think you know there's what? other Mac- ships with that paint paint job as well. I think there's a a python's got a similar paint job. Do you know what, Mac? If you put that on your ASP, then people will be tracking you in the FSS much as they're tracking the, uh, <laughs> the Goid Star. will be able to see you from like a thousand light years away. Uh, I think, yeah. <laughs> it's a high visibility. You definitely don't want to fly with, around gankers and that. You know, but... No, no. I mean, they'll, they'll probably go after you just after the, uh, just on principle, to be honest. Yeah. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I will not hear words against it. It's perfect. It's, it's a bit like the, the, the kind of vector graphics bit of it is a bit like. Like, um, remember Battlezone, the old arcade game, which was yes. all 3D tanks with vector graphics. Yeah. It's a bit with mountains in the background. It's a bit like that. Oh, going off on a tangent, uh, just don't worry, it is elite related. There's this old games console um, called the Vetrix. So I have heard one. Of oh, you've got I actually one. have one, yeah. I have two. I have one that's for spares and the other one's working. Yeah, a proper vector graphics on it. Um, I saw a video not long back uh, where someone had actually coded um, Elite on the Vetrix. Oh, I have to look that up. I'll see if I can. Yeah, I would like to see what it ha- what it's like oh, because yeah. apparently playing with the wireframe graphics, it looks absolutely phenomenal uh, compared to um, the other. Uh, even the old Spectrum and the BBC versions, because yeah, cause there'll be there'll be no aliasing. It'll be nice straight lines. All the all the vectors. I mean, it'll it'll they, the the trouble with the vectrex they flicker a bit because the 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 well the more graphics it has to draw, the longer each frame takes to draw. Because it's literally if you if you think of how a etch a sketch works, if you think about a, a regular old TV, it scans from the top top right to the bottom left, but the vectrex actually steers the electron beam to draw the shapes. As the, as the name suggests, vec, vec, you know, the vec, the vectors, it's vector graphics. Um, so the more complex the graphics get, the more flickery it gets because the longer it takes to draw each flame, uh, frame. But yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty it's an interesting machine. Um, it's one of a kind, really. There's no mm. other game console quite like it. No, it, there wasn't. Um, <laughs> I think we've blown Sai Kit's mind because she doesn't understand we had CDs in the eighties. It was I taped. wasn't. I mean, I was only five in the eighties. What am I supposed to know? It was. It was tape decks in the seventies. It was CDs in the eighties and the nineties, and then we started moving to MP3s, and and now it's all in your phone. <laughs> oh, they, you, you had to be reasonably well off to afford the CDs in the eighties. It wasn't really till the late eighties, early nineties that it became cheap enough to become mainstream. I remember having a portable CD player. In 1986. Not oh, you, no you way! Flash, flash money bags. <laughs> yeah, I had no portable way! one of those. And basically I was constantly listening to that Def Leppard Hysteria album for about two years. Oh dear. The things you used to do in your youth. The, the funny thing is, after tapes, you listen to a CD, and it was almost eerie how, how there was just a lack of noise. 
Yeah, because you you were used to having the crinkle. Yeah, there, there's a, there's a little bit of hiss with a tape. Um, but the the other thing is is when uh, Dire Straits Brothers in Arms came out. That was the one. I think that was one of the first CDs that was full yeah, digital. It was, it, was, yeah. it was a DDD, so a digital mastering, digital mixing, and a digital CD, of course. And they was like we were listening. It was like wow, it's so it's so crystal clear. This sound, it, it was amazing. And now everybody takes it for granted. <laughs> right. Well, we should move on. Hysteria is the four. Oh, was it 87? 87. So you're not only are you outing yourself as that, but you're outing yourself as a time traveler as well, which well, is fantastic. I must, have, I must have had the CD in 87 then, because I remember going to York Tech. Yeah, it would have been 87. Because it it was just released that that album. I was I three when that album was released. Oh, I want to okay. let that sink in for a moment. Thank you. You're welcome. Right. Well, in other news, we, uh, still with the store. There's still more with the store. Yes, um, we have discounts across the store. So there's 45 percent off various ship kits, Raider packs, Corvass, and Odyssey weapon skins. There's 30 percent off paint jobs, weapons, and engine colors, and 20 percent off hazard packs and Odyssey gear sets. So there's an awful lot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It feels like it, Katiana. Yeah. Uh, so there's an awful lot on sale at the moment. I must admit, I will be tempted to get a few cheap uh, ship skins at the moment because uh, there's, there's a couple that I've always wanted, but just thought, I oh, can't be bothered. But now that they've dropped the price a little bit. Anyway. Yep, me oh. too. I, I think I'm going to have to dip into the sale big time, actually. It's, it's fantastic, isn't it? It's across the board. Yeah. yeah. I've always wanted a Raider ship pack, but I've always thought that, for my ass, but I've always thought that it was just a little bit too expensive. But ah, Can I speak on that also? And, and again, to uh, Mac, who's, who's, who's taking an ASP exploring. So the thing I was going to say about that is that the ASP has a fantastic view. It's got all this glass around you, particularly sort of down by your feet. It's lovely for exploring. What I've done to my ASP is put the... Um, is put the Raider kit on it, which obscures your view with lots of um, <laughs> steel girders and spikes. So your the view that the ASP is famed for is um, you're basically encased in a big metal roll cage. And they do that on the Mark II. It looks like that as well. Yeah, it looks great from the outside, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for an Explorer ASP because it genuinely yeah. obstructs the view. I'm never really bothered with ship kits, to be honest. I, I think a lot of them kind of are a bit, I don't know, they, they're not been my thing. So, yeah. I, so, didn't uh, no I didn't notice this. According to Happy Moon Monkey, um, when scavengers arrive in the settlements, they always arrive in ships and radar kits. I need. I'm gonna need to see that. Do they? That's amazing. That's incredible. I love it. I uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go on a couple of kill the scavenger missions just to see now. I didn't think NPCs use ship kits at all. That's um, wow. That's fantastic. I like it. Yeah. Right. Well. Okay. So some homework for next week, eh? A second. Oh, you're not going to oh, be here. Oh, man. I'm not going to be here. I'll do it two weeks. I'll do it in two weeks. I'll report back in two weeks. I will not remember to do this. Please don't expect it. <laughs> not a problem. Um, right. I think we will um, uh, go away for some adverts, and then we will come back with our uh, main discussion. Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr., and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. 
My name's Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard working blue collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, I did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findalist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent, that sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts, no need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics, now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics, because the family that grows old together goes cold together. The Dex Legacy on Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. Flown ships at max speed. You felt the power of the 30 megawatt mining laser. You've experienced the efficiency of the MB4 mining machine. Wow. But it leaves every hardcore miner with just one question Why can't I get a shave that's that fast, close, and efficient? Introducing the Saracen MB5 shaving drone. It's so smooth. Combining the power of a mining laser with the convenience of a drone. It's like every hair is targeted by a fighter and destroyed. Saracen's patented shaving drone attaches to your face at the start of the day. Leave it to do its work, and when you come back to check, your face is shaved. He's so smooth. It's like I'm mining my face. The Saracen MB5 shaving drone. Now I feel manly. Saracen Shaving, making shaving an unnecessary adventure. From the makers of the MB5 Shaving Drone comes the latest in personal grooming technology. Here at Saracen, we've heard your request loud and clear. You want something new. Applying all the recent technological advances. Introducing the Panther Clipper. Gone are the days of your unruly body hair making you look like a bedraggled alpaca. The Panther Clipper is the biggest, baddest shaver credits can buy. A shave so smooth it'll shave 10 milliseconds off your buckyball type. The new Panther Clipper from Saracen. It's exactly what you've been asking for. You've listened to 400 episodes of Lave Radio. Why? That is an interesting question. (laughs) Why? Anyway, the main discussion for this week. Well, this is this unknown thing that has suddenly appeared in the galaxy. Uh, 
Um, on the 30th of August, somebody noticed that something was approaching Ocker's UF-JC11-0. Uh, and they just thought it was a little blip in the sky. But then some clever people worked out it was actually moving. And it was basically estimated to be about 60 hours away from actually making, um, I don't know, what system fall uh, in, in the system. And all of a sudden there was a marked increase in high predictions around Ocker's UF-JC11-0. Um, that caused an awful lot of excitement. Uh, Saikit, well, you were watching things happening at the time. Um, did this take you by surprise a little? Watched, I sat in a Discord and watched Commander Burr watch it for two hours. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> um, I, I, but first and foremost, I got, um, I got a message from... Um, from Katie going, you need to you need to check Malik's stream. Go and have a look at Malik's stream. And I had a quick look at it. I was like, nah, it's just like some aftermath or something that's disappeared. That that should have gone. It's a bug. It's definitely a bug. And she messaged me back, are you sure about that? Because these three other people are all streaming it as well. And I was like, wait, 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 wait what? <laughs> and and then it and and then I've flown out to it a couple of times. Can confirm it's moving. Can confirm you don't even need to fly out of out to it. Just point your FFSS in the general direction and you will hear it. Yeah, because on the 31st of August, it was started to be reported by both Galnet News Digest and Obsidian Ant. Um, they tried to work out uh, what it was doing and they worked out that the velocity was about 0.8 light years a minute or... <laughs> this is this is how nerdy I am. Uh, warp twelve point six in the original series of Star Trek, or nine point two in the Next Generation. Don't ask me how I know that. It's just very very sad. Um, or effectively two thousand and one times the speed of light, which is our max speed, isn't it? In Super Cruise. Yes, hmm. it is. And uh, Galnet News Digest, I think it was, it was Peter Wotherspoon's article, had a interesting technobabble explanation about how we can see the superluminal object. It's it's really worth a listen. It's it's oh it's, yeah, it's a bit it, of a spoof of the old turbo encabulator, and it's 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 amusing. A round of applause for for Pete Wotherspoon to come up with the absolute huge amount of techno babble that would put Voyager to shame so <laughs> yeah um, it, it does appear to have come from permit locked system NGC 2264 sector REYC 14-0 which is um, yeah a a Thargoid locked system we think and it landed on Thursday and then just passed everybody by um, and started heading off in another direction. It kind of reminds me if if you have you read if you've read Terry Pratchett's uh, book, I think it's the Color of Magic mm -hmm. about the red star that was approaching the disc world. It kind of uh, uh, reminds me of that, and everybody going slightly mental, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it it has continued because um, high predictions have also increased around um, 
uh, occurs BS-F, C13-0. Oh, I'm being told that I've got it wrong. Psychic? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Right. Okay, then. Um, so these otherwise are... I'll go into one of my long but my rare but fun rants, and we don't need that. Maybe later. <laughs> um, the, the, there's, there's, the Thargoids are actually increasing their number of aggressive uh, high predictions. So these are the high predictions where um, uh, you don't really get a chance. They don't even fire off the, the disabling ray. They just come out with all guns blazing. Um, has anybody else actually had to deal with one of those yet? Yes. And how did you do? Um, I was, I was the one who bought like the one that when it started happening around two two four six zero. Yeah. Um, I was sorry. Hip twenty two four sixty. Got to get it right in present company. My apologies. It's pronounced kiss. Um, when I um when I found some when um I I made a joke about it but happening to me around hip 22460 I'm going to mix this pair together and um that yeah. was when that was when Canon first found about it um first find, found out about there being there being extra high predictions so mm-hmm. um that was quite fun and it's really scary because I genuinely didn't think it was going to happen because it never happens um I haven't been I haven't been high predicted in hit um near near the by this big um this big thing's personal escort i haven't yeah. been had predicted by them yet i've been out a couple of times right um now apparently arrived at Ocker's bs-f c13 on the 5th of september arrived about eight and then moved on one thing that people have been discovering is in the systems it has been through uh there does seem to be a, a lot of wrecks uh, the number of uh, destroyed or starship wrecks in in the system seems to have gone up. That's so what if- I hadn't I hadn't heard that. Are these like sort of you know um, when you sort of drop in on on? Are they sort of caustic wrecks like Thargoid damage? No, no, they're not. They're just destroyed ships. I mean, there's a couple of signal sources in there and th- and things like that. But uh, from what I've seen, there's this massive thread on the forums, which is why I've been in the forums, which is basically plotting and and keeping track of the uh, of the progress and at the moment the target does seem to be heading to HD 38291 now i don't know whether or not it's supposed to be arriving around about now uh but yeah that that's that's where its next target is um it does appear to be doing about 30 light years a day uh, which it's the equivalent of our Max Super Cruise, as as Max already said, but uh... it went it went really fast one day. Mm-hmm. Like for for one moment, it was it was being calculated at something like 30, 30 light years an hour. I had like mm-hmm. four different people come into my chat and say, "Oh, it's going thirty light years an hour," and I said, "That is bollocks. Nothing is going that quickly." But apparently. Apparently it was, but it slowed right back down now. Mm, I think yes. Pete, Pete did an article about it. Oh, and Pete and Jude, sorry, did an article about it. Get, it's speeding up as well. Yeah, they did. And uh, it's probably be covered in Galnet News at the end of the show. Um, so, oh, now, we might as well describe what this thing is. It does, it does look like a massive spiral with 
how should we put this? It's got the same kind of greens and blues in it that you see in Thargoid and Guardian uh, artifacts. So, on to the big question. What does everybody think it is? We'll start with Alec. Mm. I was just going to say on the greens and blues, actually, that I don't know if anyone else thinks this, but the the the, the blue, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I find it a slight stretch to say it's a guardian blue. I mean, it, it it's blue, but it, it reminds me of the blue that you get when you can see, um, you know, like you see a 3D, uh, you're wearing 3D glasses, the red and blue glasses. Yeah. It, it, it's It's that sort of, I, I'm not convinced that it's this guardian blue. I mean, it's blue, <laughs> but um, but yeah, what is it? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the the best bet is is some sort of Thargoid mothership. Uh, uh, according according to the chat room, six shooter R. Um, if you if you are at HD three eight two nine one, it looks massive because it, yeah. it, look, it looks. Go on, go on, Alec. I was just going to say, I've heard some people trying to calculate its size, and I don't know. I mean, because it's it's. I've heard claims that it's like practically the size of a system, mm. um, you know, a, a stellar system. I don't know if anyone else thinks this, but part of me just wants to. Frontier wanted to be seen. You know, they've put mm-hmm. this thing in the game. They want us to be able to see it from an, an enormous distance. If it was the realistic size of, say, for example, a Thargoid mothership, how it, let's let's pick those ground Thargoid ground sites or something ten size, ten times mm-hmm. the size of it, we we wouldn't actually be able to see it. So I sort of wonder if there's a bit of artistic license going on, and Frontier have made something that we can see, and people are now sort of overanalyzing it and going, I don't know, I don't know what anyone else thinks, but mm. it, it can't be the size that people are calculating it to be because you it wouldn't make sense that that sort of thing <laughs> you can't have a stellar system suddenly arrive somewhere and be something we can go and see as an asset it's too big so yeah i mean it could actually be the side effect of whatever transportation method they're using because yes. you can see um other ships and super crews you can't see the details they're just bright lights yeah that's true I think so, the the canon as not not as in canon research, but the canon is in the head canon for why that is so. Is is literally that because otherwise, if it was just normal light, we'd be seeing something that happened ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago, because it's about ten light years away from the systems that see it. So it obviously has to be an artifact of the way it's traveling. So you're not actually seeing an object ten light years away. You're the, the actual. Right visual is a lot closer yeah yeah no absolutely i think um i uh, sorry go ahead it's just like the super cruise i think it is just like you you just call it like a bit like the super cruise bubbles so you you see them from a long way off and they look because i'm looking at some super cruise uh flares now and they're bigger than literally the planet that you're nearby but they're not that big really it's just they look that big you know if you sit if, if you get what i mean yeah absolutely absolutely and i feel like um something something that i we've uh, it let's face it it's a hot topic of conversation at the moment um and something that has been postulated upon is um you know how 
if you're in super cruise and you slow right down and your mate slows right down as well you can kind of catch you can catch a glimpse of actually what their ship looks like within that light if you've never tried it entirely worth trying i i say it because jp strider mentioned it in chat as well if you slow down and get close enough you can see the ships it's really hard to do but yeah you can actually see the see it in full detail in super cruise and it's really difficult to try and do that with these uh with this thargoid thing because a it's moving super super quickly and b when it when it seems to get to the star before it like changes course and goes off on its direction either the servers go down or it starts jumping about places because I, I i reckon somebody could do it i reckon somebody could calculate getting really really close and, and someone who isn't me obviously but they would be able to get really close and maybe maybe catch a glimpse of what it is um as for what it is um we the other day we did some um i was sat, i was actually sat in a call with my very good friend mal for the win who had face, um who had photoshop open and was doing all different kinds of like color changing and things with it and the it's funny that you bring up the blue alec because mm. um we we did a um we did like the, the like the negative shift of it of the, okay. the blue the blue and the white and it is towards that that center of it with the exception of the very very outside edges it is when you flip it onto the negative it is completely black there's no there's no um difference it's just the the very outside of the um uh, the very edges that ha even have a little bit of blue so i definitely feel like that's some kind of lensing effect that comes in line with maybe the speed that it's moving or so, yeah. or something like that interesting okay i, d I don't know though i don't know uh, but nobody knows that's the way I, I don't know how um i yeah. i don't know how lensing effects work <laughs> It's great that nobody knows. It's such a good. Um, there's there's so much buzz this week. So much yeah. speculation. It's fantastic. The thing is, we can't even apply real physics to this because um, we'd be able to tell whether it was red shifting or blue shifting uh, if they followed real physics. But because this is the magic of super cruise or whatever propulsion they're using, they could just make it up as they go along. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think what is what is quite funny is um, the fact that uh, Galnet reported it as a distant point of light described as a reddish orange flare with mm -hmm. faint radial patterns. It doesn't look reddish orish, orange to me. Is this one of those dress things where everybody sees it gold or, or blue? Well, wait, it's green, reporter, isn't it? The reporter was colorblind, probably. It'd have to be. But what? It's green. It is green. It's far god green, as far as I'm concerned. Well, what do you what do you think it is, Colin? What what would be well, your guess? I'm thinking that it is a mothership, Thargoid mothership coming in to basically kick bottom. And on top of that, that blue tinge means it's got the Thargoid Proteus wave with it. So whatever system this thing ar arrives in will have the same effect uh, as there is in, in HIP 22460. And uh, basically, well, good luck. <laughs> Alec, go on. Yeah. Just, just one thing on this, like uh, the, the, the speculation that it's um, 
that it's got Guardian Proteus Wave stuff. Yeah. What what sort of doesn't ring true for me with that is that the whole Guardian Proteus Wave thing kicked off in hit 22460. Yeah. And I guess my assumption was that whatever that was, was kind of not invented the wrong word, but sort of was created in that system. So I'm struggling in law reasons to explain why the Thargoids are then coming from a very, very long way away with this technology back in the direction of HIP 22460, when surely that's where this thing should have originated. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, but this could also go back to the fact that um, we know that the Thargoids and the Guardians fought each other a long time ago. Mm. And so that means that they've had all this time to come up with anti-Thargoid weapons. Sorry, right. anti-Guardian weapons. So and maybe what we've seen in HIP 22460 is old Guardian... Uh, Thargoid, uh, old Thargoid tech they developed to defeat the Guardians and they're just redeploying oh, just, it. It's not something new and they're just... yeah. They're like, that, okay, we need to bring the big guns. That's exactly what our, my theory is. Is that yeah, sort of okay. this is this is the kind of stuff from left over from the last Guardian Thargoid War, and the, the and uh, you can just imagine them going, oh gosh, we've got to get this stuff out, dust off the plans, come on, bring them out, psych it. So um, as as Katie Katie and I just pointed out in in chat the. The Proteus wave that was the Thargoid Proteus wave was green mm-hmm. and not blue. Mm-hmm. So why would it why would it be blue? Mm-hmm. Just, just a question, just something for you to postu- postulate on. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that you're wrong, but it's just something to something to consider. Um, the the other thing I'm that. It, I'm going to talk about the Garnet articles where lots of people were giving opinions. Um, but there was a, the very last. Um, the very last little opinion from the experts that um, speculate on Thargoid behaviour um, said, we should not assume that the Thargoids have consciously adapted to us or even register as an intelligent life form. We may be no more than parasites to them. Perhaps their vessels are responding like biomechanical antibodies automatically fighting against a particularly virulent strain of human infection in HIP 22460, which, to me... Um, might indicate that what's coming is the big antibody or like the extra thing. Look, we're we're no longer just a mild inconvenience. We've upgraded to an inconvenience. And now um, now they've just got to bring something to properly clean us out of that area. Yeah, I mean, that is... From the Alpha to the Delta variant, I think. Yeah, we're not even (laughs) at Omicron yet. They don't care about us that much. So, yeah, um, yeah... The, the other thing is, is people have been noticed, noting that some of the thar- some of the high predictions are uh, immediately hostile, and others uh, like the old style stop and scan. Uh, but in the law, there's always been something about being at least two factions of thargoids: uh, that the the ones with the fear glands removed, and the others uh, I can't remember their names: Aresians or Claxians or something like that. That kind of stuff. So, Katiana uh, says, not an ED law, but um, the, if you think about it, there's multiple factions of humans, so it stands to reason that law not, uh, ED law notwithstanding, there could be two strains of Thargoid, ones, some that are 
some that don't some that are immediately hostile and some that are less hostile. Well, having said that, I did get blown up by a Thargoid during one of the Buckyball races. Um, that, that one where you had to get close to one. Anyway, it seemed to annoy oh, yeah. this particular Thargoid and it shot me. And that was that. I died. It's all our fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's Buckyball Racing Club's fault. Yeah. That's what it is. So I'm probably persona non grata with the Thargoids now because I booped one uh, and and they they shot me in retaliation. So I'm probably on their shit list now. I know I'm always going to be on their 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 poo list is because basically that's how be- <laughs> I shot so many scouts becoming elite. <laughs> I've never shot a Thargoid, but I've been shot by a Thargoid. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, it's, it's an interesting question about things, though. I mean, do you think that this is going to carry on until 4.0 is ready so that they can get as many people involved with it as possible? Yes. I don't think they're going to do anything huge until the Horizons players can also take part. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think maybe, maybe, oh, that's an awfully long time to drag this out, but maybe even the October, October, November. November. Oh, no, I, I, th- ooh, I think that's, that's far too long. Because don't you, th- okay, here's the thing. I just think there's a possibility that this is like um, a Thargoid dropship that's going to release the ground troops that we hope might be part of the November update and this would be a great way to deliver it you like getting zerg rushed (laughs) back to your starcraft again yes yeah but that is an awfully long time for people to be watching a star move very slowly across the skybox so yeah Yeah, I I, I think you see this is the thing with that I had with the build up to um, update 13 I felt they fired uh, they started that process a little bit too early. Yeah, and in fact, it, even was it was it Darren? It might even have been Darren admitted, or somebody admitted on the live stream, one of the devs, that they felt it was about a week too long. That was Ben. That right. was narrative that, that team. That was Ben. Right. Yeah, narrative team. Uh, and I, I feel that. I mean, I thought that the Thargoids. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed the defending the the the, uh, the capital ships against Thargoids. It's just that I felt that maybe. a it went on a little bit too long, and I'm scared that they're going to repeat the same mistake with this because at the moment everybody's really excited. But if something doesn't happen with it in, say, a, a week or maybe a couple of weeks, then people are just going to go, well, okay, it's a bright light in the sky. And I'm just hoping that it's, it's going to unleash whatever it's going to unleash soon. Well, all I know is I'll be 10,000 light years away when it happens because <laughs> on this expedition. I mean, it couldn't be time better, really, or worse. Worse or better. It depends on your point of view, really, doesn't it? Which is but, why I, I have three accounts. <laughs> I do. This is why I'll probably have to... If so, if anything exciting starts to break out, I'll probably... The trouble is my alt account is I've kept somewhat pacifist, so he's only mostly harmless. Um... And doesn't have much weapons, but that could change, I suppose. Yeah, I, that is that is one of the reasons why I've got so many accounts because I've got this fear of missing out. So there's one that's always in the yes. bubble, yeah, one that's, that's, that's yeah. out exploring, and one doing power play. So yeah, it's <laughs> God. I hate to think of how much time I've spent if it actually add all three accounts up. Oh, that's that's a bit worrying. <laughs> 
It's not worth it, Colin. Don't make don't make yourself upset. I'm not going to make that. It's probably I'll probably be proud. <laughs> Good. So, um, oh, we have to point out that this this anomaly is now being tracked by Canon, and Canon have, have gone and created their own tracker, which is this fantastic 3D thing. Has anybody else seen this thing yet? Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah, so um, we'll put a link in the show notes for people to actually track. Um, uh, I don't know what we're we calling it. We're we calling the Tharg Star or. I like Stargoid. Stargoid. Yeah, Stargoid. Stargoid. That's, that's, yeah, Stargoid. I think that's probably the best one. It's amazing how many arguments just get started about what they're going to call things. Is it just I was calling it space, the Almighty? I was calling it Space Butthole, but that one didn't catch on, so... <laughs> it does look like when a cat's walking away from you a little Exactly! Bit. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> isn't, um, isn't LCU No Fall Light one calling it Joe? Yeah, yeah, he is. Unofficially, I think. I don't think that's sanctioned by Canon, but... Oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ask Is he the guy that. with the really sanctimonious voiceover voice doing the on the Galnet News Digest? There's there's somebody from Canon who's got just the, the right Canon-ish voice. Yes, he does, he? I, think, I think he does do that, yes. Yeah, it's superb. You've got to listen to it. He, he did some stuff for Sagittarius Eye as well, uh, for the, and it just sounded just like the, the slightly permanently miffed researchers having to deal with these bothersome journalists. Oh, oh, and I had to say also, I meant to say this, um, of course, the only, and then Frontier are calling it, or not Frontier, but Galnet's calling it a flare, which is <laughs> an odd one, because I've not heard a single other person refer to it as a flare. Yeah, well, so far in the chat room, we've got Albert, Thargy McTharkface, and Obviously. Big Bertha. So, yeah, I mean, Thargy McTharkface. Um, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Steve, yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's not enough Stevenage. <laughs> now you just start calling it Wayne next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's. <sighs> but the whole the whole thing about calling it because if you think of it, you know, talking about calling it the butthole of space. If you think of it, if it's really in supercruise, what it's actually doing is ripping space in your asshole. So I mean, <laughs> it's, it's quite it's it's quite apt, really. Yeah, didn't they have an entire Star Trek episode where they, they found out that using the warp drive too much was destroying space-time? Yeah, they did. That That's sort of that's in the next generation, I think, towards... I only, I only know this because we watched it recently. Um, but yeah, it's towards the end of, I think, Series 7 of TNG. I think this starts happening. Uh, <laughs> DJ Wiley says that he thought Sage was the butthole. Hmm. This is another Twitch channel that I'm having to um, having to constantly allow butthole appearing on. <laughs> this is my this is my life now. This is what I do. I allow just buttholes to allow buttholes appearing. <laughs> Ever since the print anomaly appeared in the sky, I didn't realise butthole was was a banned word on Twitch. But oh, it absolutely is. Twitch bans all sorts of weird words. What was it? I think that. It was crow. The word crow or something like that. It banned because well, I typed something with the word. I thought, why is it banning that word? Why does the moderator need to approve my message saying such and such needs to eat crow or something? But anyway. yeah. Oh, well, here's an interesting one. I mean, where well, do you think this Scunthorpe. thing's? Yeah. Well, we all know why it bans Scunthorpe. Um <laughs> That's because it's a horrible place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Actually, they shouldn't say that. I know people in Scunthorpe. Um, anyway, where do we think this is, thing is heading? Um, there, there are people out. Uh, I think Canon has, or somebody has worked out that it will hit the centre of the bubble sometime in November if it carries on its present course. But aren't isn't it going to hit sort of Barnard's Loop and the Pleiades long before then? Yeah, I wonder if it'll have any effects. Because it's sort of, isn't it sort of sidestepping systems a bit and skirting around them? And Yeah, but once it goes through or close to a system, um, it does appear that, um, first of all, the high predictions go up through the roof. And secondly, you, you come across all this, um, these dead ships. Well, maybe that's the thing then. Maybe it'll leave this sort of trail of destruction in its wake, which will be the game. So the gameplay will be, you know, really vicious Thargoid incursions in its in its sort of wake. And then that'll keep everyone entertained until November when they can patch in whatever the, the big reveal is for, for when it truly arrives, maybe. Yeah. When it comes, turns up and destroys Sol. Whole bubble, whole that bubble, whole bubble is out. Hey, we're, well, we're having that, enough trouble with the EICBGS as it is. We don't need the Thargoids to... Well, just, just reset it, start over, it's fine. Destroy the moon or something. Get rid of all of those pesky, um, those pesky uh, BGS groups that are no longer play the game and you feel a little bit guilty when you try and take their systems from them. No, just, we don't feel guilty. guilty. Well, maybe, maybe I have a soul. <laughs> but no, we don't feel guilty when we take the ones that you're still occupied. Well, we try not to do that, actually. We uh, we do try and play nice. With, oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The last we thing sit we, the bubble. We, 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 want, we want to coexist, not not something. So, as our new tagline says, we, we despite our history, we're quite nice now. <laughs> that's, that's, bad, that, that's adequate. <laughs> We're we're adequate these days. So, I mean, where would you like it to go? I mean, I'm I'm hoping it goes straight to Marope in the centre of the Pleiades and just wastes. We end up with a war, a, a, a massive dust up in the Pleiades, like we're having to fight for it to exist anymore. I hope it turns up in the AEDC's systems in the Alliance. <laughs> Try and get serious to to get their um, anti Xeno ships out there. Yeah, but the the alliance needs a bit of a. They're they're, they're too sanctimonious. The alliance, so they need a they need a a good kicking. According yeah, to you, I'm, I'm making I'm making lots of enemies here, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Um. What about you, Alec? Where would you like this th- thing to go? I'm not sure. I was just thinking over it's um. I mean, it's not very interesting for it to go to HIP 22460 because that system's, you know, already interesting. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would love it to go to Sol, actually. <laughs> yeah, if, if it showed up in Sol and kicked some It's a shame to get the Paramount, I suppose, because that excludes people from seeing whatever content it's going to deliver. But if it weren't for that, I'd, I'd park I, it right next to it. It's so yeah. easy to get the Sol permit, though. I think if it's going to turn yeah, up in Seoul, yeah. I I think there'd be a big battle, and they'd say per, the, the need everybody gets a permit to be able to help get into Seoul, yeah. Seoul in its hour of need. Um, or what, what was that other system that the where the, the the turning the wheel was going? Oh, it was like that weird oh. permit lock system with nothing in it. Um, yes, you're right. 
LFT something or other. I can't remember this, but it'd be interesting if we went to that turning the wheel system because that was that was like a a possible a possible dark wheel related system. Yeah, I remember that. Um, But oh yeah, we've we've got some um, some suggestions here. I mean, T Towery LFT five hundred nine. Yeah, that was. That, I think that was the turning the wheel system. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, wrote I, an, I wrote an article about it as well. And I've forgotten. I, I think it'd be uh, just basically karma for it to hit T Towery. Really, when you think about yeah. it. When, I'd like know. it to go to T Towery. That would be great. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, just give um, anybody who's left over from uh, Azimuth a good kicking, and that'll be that'll be fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love it to go to one of the capitals, not necessarily Seoul, but um, um, any of the capitals of, of the powers would be good. Who would the oh. fire gods identify as the as the the central, you know, source of threat? I wonder. Maybe Azimuth. Maybe Azimuth as, a, as like a a response to what's happened. Oh, here's a horrible thought that. Uh, Kitiana just said, um, one of the first Thargoid encounters ever, ha- which ever happened, was in Lave. I mean, she's, she's got oh, a good no. point. She's got um, a good point. It could be, oh my God, coming straight forwards. What I would like to see is it just going everybody ex- where everybody is expecting it to go. So hip 22460. I'd love to see it just, just go past. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing that I really just, I don't care where it goes as long as it just goes past 22460 that would be great in a way it's a shame there isn't really a, like a main central guardian system I mean there's lots of them I, I suppose they're in a bubble aren't they so it could be right it'd be great for it to go right to the heart of that and then kick off a you know a sort of awaken the guardian AI and kick off a guardian thyroid war and it turns out it's not coming for us at all we're too we're, too, we're like insignificant i think i think we've moved from insignificant to mildly significant mm, yeah i think remember let's, that let's put a pin in this bef- no, them saying that the the thogies are like let's just put a stop to this before it gets like guardian proportions out of hand we've 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 had 200 odd years to learn from our mistakes let's even more than that we've had Hundreds of years to learn from our mistakes. The, these kids are new. Let's let's get them gone before they um, before they make matters worse for us. We've done this before. We don't need to do it again. Yeah, I mean, oh, so uh, Phoenix Blue says, "Oh, so we're a rash now? Yeah, we're like yes. athlete's foot. Absolutely, <laughs> we're the we're the the dregs." We were we were so insignificant they didn't even give a shit that some of their their ships were dying to some of us. And now the, something else has happened that's killed a lot of ships in one. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put a little stop from that, please. A yeah, I mean stop that, to that. The the big Thargoid growl was definitely like the oh right, what the fudge? Right now, let's go deal with these people. It it sounded like a, a, a an awakening call. So it, it sounded like an evil cackle to me. Really, it sounded like a reaper to me. It made me. It made me think of that. It it was a Thargoid cackle, you know. As now you're in uh, one of those not not a particularly nice sound, if you say what I mean. But you know, the, uh, it not not a haha. We don't care. Haha. Now you're in for it. Type <laughs> of cackle. 
How about how about the sound of a child running off, going, "Mom." Now, now, these humans have now, been Mama Bear is now Mama yeah. Bear is coming in. She's she's angry. Did anyone um, when the cutscene <clears throat> dropped with um, the update? Did, <clears throat> am I right in thinking some people attempted to analyze the the star constellations that we could see and determine what direction those Thargoids zoomed off in when that when we heard that growl? Absolutely, they did. Yeah, right. I'm just wondering whether, you know, my little joke aside, whether it is, whether that growl was literally the Thargoids going off to get what we're now seeing, what's now coming for us. Literally, I've got no idea. I don't even know whether anybody actually did do that, but I'm just assuming that they would because we have people in the game who would do that. Yeah, yeah. I quite like that as narrative, the idea that at the end of the that event, the Thargoids went to go and get Big Bad. Yeah, well, that, well that's the funny thing because um, as as uh, uh, Darren has said in the past, in the last um, uh, Super Cruise news, is that whenever they do cutscenes now, they always point the camera towards the ground because yeah. they're scared of people working out where this, whatever, wherever this cutscene is being recorded, <laughs> because that's how uh, the Guardian sites were discovered. Yeah, which yeah, that's. It's one of those moments where you're impressed that they did it and disappointed at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I guess we'll find out what happens with this in, I guess, a couple of weeks. So, um, I'm going to wrap this up here because we have an awful lot to talk about in the community corner. Uh, and let's get the big one out of the way in the community corner because we've got two people here who do not belong to the One Point Club. Scores are in. <laughs> Scores are in for the Buckyball Racing Club's mischief mile. Um, and someone's quite pleased with himself for some, some reason. Oh man. It's it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. It's we've worked really hard. Um, I want to thank I want to thank my trainers. I want to thank everybody who showed up. <laughs> I especially want to thank my husband for refueling me on the way. I forgot this race. So good. How could you forget it? I don't. I just because I was going to do it Sunday, but the weather was really nice, so we spent the day outside, and I completely forgot about it. Oh, horrible! Because basically, I mean, I had uh, I was. I've been busy with with real life getting in the way, unfortunately. So um, I haven't been able to do the last two, and I've been kicking the fact that you know. Well, you got to do the last one, Colin, so it counts. Yeah. But for yeah. the listeners who may be wondering what Sidekit was was referring to there, and um, the interesting thing with this race, which was um, called Mischief Mile, uh, was sort of based around the the fuel rats, um, was that you had to get some 300 plus light years across the bubble with a couple of stop-offs, one at Fuelum, which is the Fuel Rats home system, and a couple of their sort of rescue hotspots. But you had to do the whole thing um, without a fuel scoop and with um, kind of restricted fuel tank size. So for a lot of ships, it was just a standard tank. Some ships, it was even reduced tank. So your options were to either um, make additional stops at stations to refuel, which is quite costly time-wise, mm-hmm. or to get someone else to come and refuel you with Olympics. Or if you're 
very multitasking oriented than multi-box yourself. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting, actually, that very few people uh, actually manage to get other people to refuel them. I, I suspect that Buckyball races are quite a solitary bunch in some regards and, and you know, and sort of like to do their racing in whatever hours they, they're, they're online by themselves and actually hooking up with someone to do a team effort. The trouble is we all sort of know each other as well, and so getting one of one of your competitors to refuel you is um, <laughs> it's, it's, co- it's a complicated relationship. I, I tell you what you need, Alec. You need um, you need a husband right. that plays Elite Dangerous as well. Right. I, yeah, okay. He, he will take some... He will very, very graciously take some time out of his um, busy Sunday evening playing Elite Dangerous to play some Elite Dangerous. Brilliant, because it was definitely the winning tactic, as as Psykit um, ably demonstrated. And I could have done, I could have done that as well. This is why I'm really kicking myself. I could have been in the points, <laughs> and I could have been ahead of Psykit. Nah, mate. <laughs> That's right. Aim high, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did pick up some points in one of the other races. I managed to do all the shenanigans and got a really good time bonus, which means I'm not just in the one point club, which mm. gets me. About to the top, I had. A, uh, is there a picture of the? Yeah, there's a picture here. I think I'm in the, about the top third now. I think I'm in position. Let's see, where am I? Uh, oh, I can't find myself. Uh, are you looking, the, are you looking uh, in the championship leaderboards? Yeah, yeah regulation. Champ- you're are uh, your fifteenth, which is yeah. Down so there, I'm yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I'm definitely going to have to pull a miracle off in order if I'm if I'm ever going to catch up with anybody else. <laughs> well, you see, the thing is, the championship leaderboard gets interesting now because although we have eight races to uh, give a little bit of leeway for people that couldn't make all eight, we we're only counting your best six scores. Oh, so a lot of the top scorers now have more more than six. Um, complete races. So suppose um, let's take someone like um, Shay Blackwood, for example, whose lowest point score may be seven. He's probably usually come first, second, or third, for example. He can't gain much more. I mean, he could, if he manages to come first in the last race and get 10 points, he could use that 10 instead of his seven, if you see what I mean. So he can only gain at most three points now. Whereas people further down the leaderboard who haven't competed in all seven races, or you know, have only competed in five or less races, could still get a significant point the one boost. point club. Yes, yeah. So, so all right. So, I'm still in with a chance of not being in the one point club at the no, end. No, you're going to be in the one point club, Colin. Like, <laughs> just, just aim to get six points, and you'll be fine. I love you, Colin, but it's not happening, mate. I'm sorry. I've seen you attempt. Harsh. <laughs> I'm just trying to set expectations. Brut- brutally harsh. I'm trying <laughs> to set expectations. It's fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, when is the next Bucky Bowl race happening then? So, it's going to be, it's end of the month. I'm hosting this one. It's going to start on the 24th. And mm-hmm. it's going to run through till Sunday, the 2nd of October. So it's just going to tip into October. I shall have to send my alt account in my place. It's the yeah. only race where we're not measuring time, but distance this time. 
Oh, oh I'm in with a chance then because I'm yeah. pretty slow, <laughs> but so, few so, distance. So the race is the Kessel Run in 13 parsecs. <laughs> it's it's a rerun of a race I did um, a few years ago called the Last Gasp, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm changing the rules a bit so people can't just rerun their old 3304 routes. But the basic idea is that you turn off your life support. And then you have your 25 minutes of emergency oxygen to go as far as you can and get back to the start line without dying. And then your score is a, is kind of the distance of, of the places you managed to visit. Ah, right, I see. And of course, the usual bonus is about getting close to 1% hull. <laughs> I'm still thinking on... I'm, I'm tempted to keep it relatively simple, actually. Oh right, but, but I'm not revealing all yet. There's a there's a difference to the original race. I will, I will add shenanigans. We good. I will add that I'm never ever flying in an engineered corvette again. <laughs> yes, it was not you fun. Didn't enjoy that, did you? <laughs> it was not fun. I wanted to kill everything. <laughs> there was no, there was no um, happy medium. I was so angry about it. it. Oh my god, I'd forgotten how badly that thing turns. Holy shit, what a terrible ship without engineering. I'm, I'm sorry, that thing turns? I know, right? It, it was hard enough. <laughs> should, try, should try a cutter, unengineered cutter. I'd rather, oh, I would rather drink a pint of vomit, really. I mean, that's an interesting lesson, actually, because I, I, I think Epiphus was saying the same, wasn't he, Psychic, that he absolutely, absolutely hated it without it. It was the worst. It was the actual worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've heard this, I think, you know, about a few ships. And I, I think it's worth, you know, for beginners who've just got, you know, they've been building up to get their first anaconda or whatever, and they get it and hate it. I think there's a lesson there to, um, yeah, to stick with it and put some engineering on it, because I, I think a lot of ships are not that great until you've, engineered them up beat them a bit yeah yeah right well uh so there's still everything to play for (laughs) some people yeah yeah for some people (laughs) (laughs) there's some stuff to play for (laughs) i'm just flying for honor's sake now Uh, (laughs) but uh yeah it's uh I must admit, we I think we've got to applaud everybody involved in the Buckyball Club for, for putting on um, a fantastic event that's spread through the entire year. I'm hoping that um, we'll be able to expand on it next year, so we'll just have to wait and see. Well, well, do you want to? <laughs> I don't think we'll do this, but I had this brainwave today of, of next year doing a race called the um, 10-pin bowling championship. Oh, oh, which, no. which, using bowling rules so you can get a strike so basically if you get a podium place that counts as a strike and you yeah. get the, the scores from your next two races added on to this one and you yeah. get a spare if you come in the top 10 and you get the points from the next one race added on but I, I, probably... I, I think I prefer the, the, the F1 rules to this one to be honest yeah. Oh, that's a good grief. I mean, yeah. We you love a, making it complicated, don't you? I need a rest, but I think we'll do it again next year. It's been too much fun. It's been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed running mine, and yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm more than happy to do to be involved yeah. again. It's been, it's been awesome. Maybe not every month. Maybe like every six weeks or so, something like that. Maybe space them out a little bit more, especially yeah. if like a lot of shit is happening every as well. Gets a bit, uh, bit much, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh my god, we've got, we've got another week to do um, buckyball stuff. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's not too bad considering you can miss two of them. 
Yeah. So I if mean, stuff is happening, you can miss a couple without because it's the six. It's your best six of eight. Yeah. I mean, if you're super competitive, obviously you want to do all eight to get the best yeah. six. But yeah, you're right. That was the idea that you could miss. <laughs> could miss a few. Or accidentally forget one altogether. <sighs> right. Well, we're going to leave the buckyball for the moment and start talking about expeditions. Well, we've got the Fordum- uh, Formidine Rift expedition. Uh, now, that is in progress at the moment. Um, uh, on September the 3rd, the Delphi... Um, at Delphi, they'll launch uh, an expedition, uh, expedition into the Formidine Rift. Um, the carrier, Cat Cosmos, um, Glopy, will serve as the base for the entire duration of the uh, expedition. So um, if you want to catch up with them, they're probably about, about 500 to 1,000 uh, to 5,000 light years away by now, but still possible to catch up. Uh, and it's going to serve as a, the base for the entire duration of the expedition. Uh, the primary goal is to explore is further exploration and mapping of the sectors around the four uh, formidine rift um equipment will remain offline uh, during this voyage so please make sure that your ships are already fully equipped for exploration uh, the shipyard will be online for the duration uh, and the planned route also passes through some stellar nebulae and places of interest Addition, additional requirements um tritium donations are welcome so i do believe that lasts uh, a couple of weeks so there's a, still a um about nine nine days left on this expedition which is uh which is in progress um now mac uh the eic you have an announcement i believe yes let me just go back so i was looking at talking about expeditions don't forget the uh i mentioned it earlier the passage to an androm what was it called passage to andromeda which mm-hmm. leaves on the 18th from lave but yes the eic uh operation consolation um as console transfers are on the horizon no pun intended. There'll be there will be those already on their Xbox PS engineering path and want to progress on PC, and those who may want a fresh start. Either way, East India Company would like to be there for everybody by offering free commodities to unlock Horizons engineers in the bubble and Colonia for one month following the official FDev transfer date for all commanders, whether they are transferring from consoles or not. So anybody can do it. You don't have to be an ex console. You just you just you can be anyone. So all you need to do is mention Operation Consolation when you place uh, your order. And how to place orders is on eicgaming.com. There's a, we got a, it's on the disc, basically on our Discord. We have a uh, setup for doing trades and whatnot. Uh, any commander who wishes to help from EIC now and for, for one month, um, after the official FDEV transfer date by carrying out trades, partaking in loading parties or supplying any goods for EIC, will receive the the tag operation consolation. Uh, and uh, at the bottom of this message, the East India Company, despite our history, we're actually quite nice now. <laughs> hmm. Well, that, that's... Uh... That's a that's a bold claim. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. It depends who you ask. If you ask some some of the fed, federal aligned groups, and perhaps they might not agree. But yes, if so, yeah. And if if you don't know already, I mean, a long-standing EIC activity has been the trading post where we 
traditionally in the exchange for some sort of goods like palladium or whatever we'll trade you with unlocked commodities for the engineers like lavium brandy so we have loading prices in lave so we want to rebuild our stocks and fujin tea and all that all that kind of stuff um and uh so yeah this is this is to extend this to get get as many people into who need to get started with engineering to get started with it basically yeah as a as a random act of kindness well on the other flip side of the coin we also have the distant legacy expedition which starts later this month it's going to leave from uh oh paleni gonna gonna take a bit of a a shock at that uh, a shot at that one uh, distance legacy is a homage to the distant worlds expeditions of the past and it is a final send-off for um, console commanders and uh, and the old 3.8 Horizons platform. Um, we do have a link for uh, the route in EDSM, so we'll put that in the show notes. And anybody who wants to join along, you don't have to be, um, uh, I guess, a, it's not restricted to um, the, the older platforms, but... Um, uh, still be able to meet up with other people there. Um, in another news, we've got um, a CQC event happening on the CQC Discord. Uh, it's called Tactical Thursday, and they're doing a Capture the Flag event uh, on Thursday the 8th of September. Um, basically, it recommends that you use the, the GU-97 or the F-63 fighters, any weapons, any power-ups, and the places at Horizons Capture the, uh, capture the Flag Arena. Um, it will run from 6 uh, to 8 UTC, uh, or uh, 1,800 hours to uh, 2,100 hours, if you want to use uh, military stuff. Um <laughs> We uh, uh, so that will be running then, and finally, the anti Xeno initiative. Hang on a second. Bless you. Oh, please tell me I didn't. I didn't mute in time. You muted. You muted, but I still had a little bit of it. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's one for the edit. <laughs> oh, just be thankful I managed to mute in time. Um, right, the Anti-Xeno Initiative have organised a Finance Friday. Now, this is something that they, they try and put on on a, on a Friday evening. Uh, it it's also could be good, considered good training if you're just learning how to be an anti-Thargoid pilot. Not that there'd be any reason for you to practice. <clears throat> uh, for more details, uh, have a look at the Anti-Xeno Initiative Discord, and we'll supply a link to that in the show notes. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, there's an awful lot going on in, in the community at the moment. Dead game, innit? Dead yeah. game, no one plays this. Dead game. Definitely. It's, it, 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 it's nice to see things have, have begun to pick up with the community events in the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, right. Well, <laughs> I know that um, we had a competition not so long ago. Um, unfortunately... We've only ever had two entries. <laughs> uh, so the poetry competition, we, we've got to sort that out between... Um, well, we're going to have to... Did you get mine? I did say one. 
I know so you said you are the only one that's the oh, same. I, <laughs> I, I don't even qualify because I already have the paint job. Yeah, well, if that's the case, then I'm afraid to say we're going to have to award it to Commander Holmberger because he's the, he's the only one that sent in, sent one in apart from yourself. Well, that's so, right. It couldn't happen to a nicer person. He he was my refueler in the race. So. Yes. Was he really? Oh, that's amazing. Yes. I love that. Yes, he was. Yeah, it's, it's always nice to see uh, Commander Homburg when he turns up uh, on my stream on a Saturday morning because uh, <laughs> there's not many people about on a Saturday morning. Uh, so, yes, uh, we will assign uh, the, the prize to Commander Homburg at, uh, at, at a later point. So, uh, yeah. Um, now, we do have a, a little bit of any other business. Uh, we'd like to wish the Chris Mark for. Uh, a happy birthday um, from everyone at Lave Radio because it's today. So happy, happy birthday, Chris! Happy birthday. Uh, yeah, and uh, does anybody else have any other business? Hey, I do have a little tiny bit of other business. Go on then. Hey, friends. Hey, friends. This is a PSA. Um, if you find something really cool in the galaxy, and you really and you're like, oh yeah, this is really cool. Fucking share it with the rest of the community. This is been my TED talk. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. <clears throat> Not about anyone in particular. Just a just a thought, you know. I've been brewing for the last two hours. <laughs> two weeks. Right. Well, we'll move on. From I'm out there, of the then. loop here. I don't know who's done what to who and failed to share. I'll tell you later, Mark. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, we'll 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 have it in the private green room. <clears throat> ah, okay. One of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Uh, well, I think we should do our um, our shout outs for for the evening. So the Dex Legacy is taking a well earned break before Series Two. Um, there's plenty of material to fill the void. So uh, if you point your auto assistant at, uh, of your favourite podcast app, including Spotify and Audible, and search for the Dex Legacy, you'll find it. And there's uh, an extra bonus interviews with cast members and the writer Emily Inkpen. Um, there's also a lot of bonus materials and merch at dexlegacy.com uh, all proceeds are will go towards making season two of course our sister station hot and orbital radio it broadcasts on a thursday at 8 30 um you can tune in at twitch.tv hot and orbital truckers or if you just want the audio pop over to radio.forthemug.com uh, for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, yes, there is the CQC Discord at discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. Uh, and also we'll give uh, shout outs to uh, other elite dangerous podcasts, which is basically Flight Assist. Oh, she's all quiet. Okay. Who that? Who that? Flight Assist. Uh, oh, I don't know. We'll be back wait, soon. Uh, wait, we'll was, be back I, soon. I was pausing for effect. Oh. Which, Oh, I, I was just being quiet because you were doing the shout-outs, Colin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was pausing for effect because you always jump in, but never mind. We've got the Guard Frequency, who do other space sims as well. And, of course, if you if you want the uh, <laughs> the hillbilly uh, version of Labor Radio, we have the Loose Screws over there in America. I'm sorry, guys, but when you do something uh, like the theme for Chick Chat, you... you <laughs> Uh, you, you do banjos no favours. Um, 
<laughs> Following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest that's provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. And thanks to those who have chipped in in the Twitch chat and the in-game commanders. Well, there haven't been any, unfortunately. Um, so special thanks, of course, go to Commanders Tokuso, JN Trax and Alan Stroud, who created the music for this show. And that's it for episode uh, 200 and, uh, 407. So I, you're right, I'm, I'm turning into a time traveller. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, and you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. You also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Now, do get in touch if you have any questions or if you have anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to uh, Alec, thanks to Psykit, and thanks to Mac. Uh, and special thanks goes to today's tech specialist, Commander Ventura. So, um, until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Azimuth Saga, Part 7, The Ancient Weapon. In previous episodes... We described the discovery of the two Azimuth megaships, the Adamaster and the Hesperus. Both had been sent searching for alien technology 200 years ago. Both had met violent ends. The Aegis megaship Alexandria had much more recently vanished with a cargo of Guardian relics. And we also published three videos describing the unlocking of Hyford's cache and the discovery of Project Seraph, a seemingly unrelated initiative to allow human control of Thargoid Scout spaceships. 
Now, though, we come to the core of the Azimuth saga, the discovery of an ancient weapon and how salvation developed it into the Proteus wave. In June 3307, two months after the wrecked Hesperus was discovered, the ship belonging to the Azimuth employees who had escaped the Pharmasapian ambush was eventually located in trapezium sector YU-X-C1-2 on planet 1A. Two logs recorded by Lieutenant Kellerman found near their ancient anaconda, Proteus, describe what Azimuth was really trying to achieve. This is Lieutenant Hugo Kellerman. I was Deputy Security Chief aboard the Hesperus, working for Azimuth Biochemicals. I've decided to resume my reports, even though the chances of us being rescued seem to be shrinking every day. After Pharmasapien's sleeper agents took control, I managed to get some of the science team off ship using the Proteus. For the record, Private Adriana Velasco performed her duties exceptionally, and her family should be informed of her bravery. We only escaped thanks to her. I just hope she found her own way home. I wanted to set a course for an inhabited system, but Dr. Farrell insisted on investigating readings sent back by one of Azimuth's deep space probes. She believed that Farmer Sapien would focus on all the probes they'd sent into the California Nebula, but that we might find something interesting in the opposite direction. Well, she was dead right about that. There's no doubt that the structures on this moon weren't built by humans. Those strange arches and monoliths are over a million years old according to our molecular scans. Ackerman, the xenoarchaeologist, said it felt like he was walking through the ruined temples of forgotten gods. I just felt like a trespasser. We've also found even stranger things, half buried in the ground as if they had fallen from the sky, but these look more like starfish than starships, the sort of deep-sea creatures that you find on ocean floors. What the hell flew around in those? Farrell thinks that we're looking at an ancient battleground. The structures and starfish things are nothing alike, suggesting two totally different species. Two intelligent races on the same world. Incredible. Both far more technologically advanced than us, but not so advanced they didn't try to kill each other. This is exactly what Azimuth has been looking for, although I doubt they ever expected a discovery quite like this. Personally, I'm more concerned about surviving long enough to tell them about it. We've been here for two months now, living off recycled air, food, and water. The scientists have turned the Proteus into a research facility, and all that I can do is keep out of their way while they analyze their findings and test samples. They've almost forgotten that we barely escaped a mass slaughter. I spend a lot of time monitoring the sensors. If those pharmasapian mercenaries found us, we wouldn't stand a chance. But I can't understand why Azimuth hasn't sent out rescue parties. Unless the sleeper agents sabotaged our beacons before they were dropped. Maybe they pre-programmed them to stop transmitting. I mean, if they did that, then nobody knows we're here. We're alone. Just us and the ghosts of the gods. By luck or judgment, the Azimuth scientists had stumbled across what is still the only known planet with evidence of an ancient battle between the Thargoids and the Guardians. Unlike the Thargoid sensor that destroyed the Adamaster, the Guardian technology the team discovered here had real potential. But it didn't go well.
I've just given myself the last of the stimulants. That should... That should keep me going long enough to record this. To tell Azimuth how we died. Three days ago, I went with the survey team to the structures. Ackerman and Xiao had brought something to life. I saw this pillar rise up from the ground with a large crystal inside, blazing a brilliant light. After a million years, their machinery was still functioning. They fired up some kind of high-energy particle accelerator which shocked the crystal from its moorings. This, this didn't feel like archaeology to me, more like grave robbing. I should have known that there would be defenses, but the hover drones caught us by surprise. It vaporized Ackerman along with three others. I managed to destroy it eventually, but there were more of them gliding around the structures, and we got out fast. I offered to take the crystal back, thinking that the drones might come looking for it, but Dr. Farrell had already had her experiments ready to go. Weapons experiments. She told me that this was always the priority for both the Adamaster and the Hesperus. Locate non-human technology that could be developed for the military market. Azimuth wants to be the first corporation selling alien weaponry, which will make them much bigger than Sirius. That's, that's what they care about. That's who I've been working for for all these years. No better than Farmer Sapien, after all. A few hours ago, I was awoken by this intense blue flash. It seemed to come from everywhere. I thought we were under attack. Then Farrell came stumbling out of her lab. Her clothes and body burned, blackened, and dropped dead. The others started collapsing within the hour. I think there was some kind of radiation surge from the crystal that we stole. I tried to get the ship's drive online, but... I'm too weak. Can hardly stand now. Pain in every muscle. Vision is blurred. My skin, like everyone else's. God knows what experiments Farrell was running, but now there's going to be three. Three dead races on this moon. We shouldn't be here. Humans don't belong. If Azimuth finds us, please... Don't find us. The secret of that terrible weapon lay undiscovered for nearly 200 years. But Salvation, the mysterious scientist who had initiated the search for the Hesperus and then for the Proteus, could see the potential of the technology. He initiated a campaign to gather tens of thousands of the Guardian relics that had powered that ancient prototype and arranged a dramatic demonstration of its power in the Kornsar system. Secretly using Guardian technology to lure Thargoids to the system, Salvation issued a warning to the inhabitants to leave immediately. The warning made no sense, as the system had no history of Thargoid attacks, so the inhabitants stayed put. Hundreds of thousands lost their lives when the Thargoids attacked two days later. Six days after issuing his initial warning of Thargoid attack, Salvation fired his prototype superweapon. It had an instant and dramatic effect, with hundreds of destroyed Thargoid spaceships littering the planets, and the rest driven off. Salvation used the technology again in three systems in the Pleiades in December 3307 and again in three systems in the bubble, Didio, 
Novus and Sosong in May 3308. With each demonstration, the Federation, Empire and Alliance became more convinced that salvation offered the solution to all their problems. The Bauman report condemned Aegis for incompetence after the loss of the Alexandria, and the superpowers finally shut the agency down completely. This was all building up to the announcement in July 3308 that Salvation was preparing an even larger version of his superweapon, which he called the Proteus Wave, and that he planned to deploy in the HIP-22460 system. But while all this was happening, things weren't entirely going Salvation's way. Two events gave a new insight into who Salvation really was, and about his not entirely blameless past. Oh! 